Almighty God, bless the reading and hearing of your word. Prepare us, Lord, for the journey that is before us. May your words lead us to peace, your presence give us hope, and your love give us joy as we trust in your ways. As your scriptures are read, as your word is heard, let the utterances of our mouths and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading is from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke of when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the second Sunday of Advent, we look at hope, and today's message is about finding hope on our Advent journey and on this journey we call life. And yet, there's something that often distracts us from the hope that we have around us. 
And that's our anxiety and our fears. And we can see that in our reading from Matthew because there's two different ways we can look at this. One is getting caught up on a few verses that may cause us a little bit of worry and trepidation. That one is coming, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. That the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. We often get caught up on things like that and miss the hope. Because the hope is there's one that's coming. There's one that's coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. There's one who's coming who will save the people. One who is coming that will redeem the people. But sometimes we get caught up on those things that cause us to worry. Am I bearing good fruit? Am I bearing fruit at all? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? We get so worried about all the negatives, we forget the hope. And it's easy to miss sometimes. Isaiah talks about a time where there will be peace. That everything will be at peace. That there won't be fear. There won't be anxiety. There won't be worry. And interestingly, Isaiah paints a wonderful picture of what it takes sometimes to keep hope alive. Because the thing about hope is that hope comes in unexpected ways from unexpected places. We often expect our messages to be crystal clear and to be right there, exactly what we need when we need them. And that if hope is coming, it's going to be like a bright neon sign going, hey, over here, this way. The problem is, is that that's what our anxieties and our fears coax us into looking for. Something big, something monumental that's going to be sticking out like a sore thumb going right over here, here's where to go. And you know, there are people that will tell you if you follow just a few easy steps and that you will always get everything you need and that hope will be right there and that all you have to do is follow this pattern. I could give you three simple steps to do this, but I would be handing out disappointment, not hope. Because the thing about hope is that hope often takes a long time to take root, and it takes a long time to grow. And that's okay. Isaiah paints a perfect picture of hope. Isaiah doesn't say that out of nowhere is going to come a mighty seer. A great tree will appear out of nowhere and be our hope. No, the hope that Isaiah has is a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow from the roots. And that is the hope that Isaiah has. 
And Isaiah knew what it meant to have no hope. Isaiah spoke to a people who lost their home, a people who had no place to go back to, and people who had been gone so long that they may have never known what it was like to have a home to call their own. And the hope wasn't something immediate there and big. The hope was something small. And it's important that we recognize that hope. Because if you've ever planted a tree, you don't immediately begin resting things on the tree so that other things can be supported by it. You go out and you put up things to make sure that it grows up straight and tall and you protect it and you water it and you guide it and you lead it and it takes a long time before it gets to a point that you can have other things resting on it. And that's what hope can be like. Sometimes that hope is just a seed. And we start to see those little shoots coming up, knowing that there's something better on the horizon, but knowing we've got to nurture it and we've got to wait for it. That hope comes in small packages. Hope could have come to the Israelites as a great warrior. From out of nowhere, he could have come, freed them, and gone away just as easily. But that wouldn't have given hope. It just would have given freedom. And freedom was something that the Israelites had wasted time and time again. What they needed was something that would help them to grow and learn and to be guided into something that they would remember. And hope came as a child. Not strong and mighty, but weak. Not born into greatness, but born to two seemingly regular people. Born and laid in a manger, far from royalty, far from greatness. The next day, hope did not spring up and go walking about and preaching. Nor the day after that, nor the day after that. Hope had to be nurtured. Hope had to be cared for. Hope had to be loved. Hope had to be fed. Hope would stumble and fall. Hope would cause its parents worry. Hope didn't come so that we would know that God was somewhere far off in the distance doing everything that we would never get and understand. It wasn't that if we looked hard enough and squinted off in the distance, we might be able to spot God's plan and know what was going on. The hope was our Emmanuel, God with us. Not God over us, not God out there on the distance of us, not God watching us, but God with us. Because we could remember a child being born 
growing and learning and living the life that we live, sharing in that journey. Seeing that hope nurtured from the tiniest shoot into a mighty tree that could give shade and rest, that could nurture all of the other hopes springing up. And that's what happens when we let our hope grow and we nurture it and it grows in our faith. That it leads us to peace. And when we find that peace, that hope it gives shelter to the hope of others. But in times when we feel that the storm is raging and our hope may disappear, we're reminded that our hope doesn't stand alone just as we do not stand alone. Because God is with us. That our hope doesn't stand as a solitary tree, but our hope stands in a forest of faith. Nurtured by that branch of Jesse. That when the winds come, our hope may lean, but it leans on the hope of others and stands firm and stands tall. That our hope can never be taken away because our hope is there supported by the hope of others. The hope that we have that God is with us, that God was with us, and God will always be with us. That hope came down on Christmas Day that we would know we are loved. And that we are in this journey together. And that if we lose hope, hope is always there springing back up again. That it can't be put out. It can't be silenced. It can't be crushed. Because hope will always find a way to rise again. That you can try to kill hope. You can try to nail hope to a cross, but all it does is make hope stronger. Because we know that as long as God is with us, hope will always rise above the darkness. And that we will be a people who have seen a great light. Because our hope is always there. Because in this journey of life, part of finding hope is recognizing that God is not somewhere far off. But our hope is that God is with us. Our Emmanuel. Now, until the very end of our journey. And forevermore. Amen.